today uh, we are talking about guidance. And so um, I have a chair here, one for me and one for Jesus, and he's here. And so I have this little stand that I got some things that he's going to say to us uh, today um, so we can, we can hear uh, the word. It's printed for you on your bulletin, but I thought we would look at it uh, a little more closely. Uh, a lot of times I deal with um, this issue of guidance. Uh, lots of people want to talk to all of our staff. We talk to people a lot about uh, guidance. How does God uh, want uh, to guide you? The question here says, um, Jesus, uh, how do you guide me? Uh, so that's, that's the conversation um, I want us to have here. You know, a lot of times it's about uh, what, is, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? Uh, how do I make these decisions uh, about uh, So it's very, uh, very common questions. You know, one of the things I think about uh, is, is you look at a number of different ways that God chooses to guide us. And we're going to highlight some of those today. But it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like flying on an airplane and this pilot is coming in and it's nighttime and it's dark. And maybe he would be thinking, how am I for sure going to be in the middle of the runway? You know, it doesn't help to land in the grass or to go sliding off the runway. We, we want that pilot to land right in the middle of that runway. And one of the ways they do that <clears throat> is they put lights on the side. So they make sure that by their instruments, they know they're in exactly the right place, and then they can see those lights, and then they hit that runway right smack in the middle. That's sort of what guidance from God is like. God gives us parameters, ways that we can understand, uh, truth that we can understand, and then allows us to be able to kind of keep ourselves in those parameters so as we make decisions, as we look for guidance, that we land right in the middle of the runway. Isn't that our hope? Isn't that what you desire uh, that you long for? So uh, even just this week, I was talking to a, a young lady, and she was facing a lot of questions, and she said, I don't know what to do. Uh, I, I feel stuck. I feel frozen. Almost like because she didn't know fully what to do, she wasn't sure she could do anything. And so she's sort of stuck. How many of you sometimes have felt like that? You just feel sort of stuck uh, where you are because we need clarity. We need wisdom from God. We want him uh, to help us. And she wasn't trying to uh, just avoid things. She just really wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. And so that's, that's the focus of what we're looking at. So one-on-one -on -one with Jesus uh, about guidance. So I'm going to start um, with uh, a scripture that that I really love. Um, it's probably not one that you would land on. It's right in the middle of the book of Isaiah in Isaiah uh, 42. And so, you know, the, the question is, does God guide us? How does he guide us? How does Jesus guide us? And uh, how, do we, how do we gain that? So here's this verse. This verse says, I will lead, and this is Jesus, you know, giving us insight from the word. How would he answer this question? How does he guide us? So here's a beginning place. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are things I will do and I will not leave them undone. 
That's a pretty amazing verse about guidance uh, for us. You know, as you're looking at that, uh, we'll kind of break it down just a little bit. Um, God says to us, I will lead the blind. That would, that would be us, right? That's how we feel when we're trying to make those decisions and choices. I will lead the blind by the way that they do not know. So when I can't see... When I know, don't know the direction, I don't know what to do. And you can be blinded by a lot of different things. We can be blinded by tears or blinded by pain, blinded by confusion. And so he says, when you can't see where you're going, I will be the one to lead you. You may not know where you're going, but Jesus knows the way for us. I will lead you in a way that you do not know. Notice that, pay, that line says, in paths they do not know, I will guide them. So when you don't know the path to take, you don't know the choice to make, when it seems unfamiliar to you, God says, it's not unfamiliar to me. I know the path that you need to be on, and I'm going to reveal that uh, to you. He says, I will make darkness into light. So when you feel like you can't see, he's going to take responsibility for offering guidance to us. Rugged places uh, into um, planes, so pathways that, that we can walk on. So that's one of God's desires for us is to offer us guidance. He says, these are things I will do. I will not leave them undone. You know, he didn't, he didn't ask you uh, to, to do a whole lot in that, in that scripture. He's just telling you these are things that I'm going to accomplish. So, uh, the second verse um, says from Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. What a great verse to have in your heart. Uh, not just waiting till you hear pastor on a sermon, but to know this verse, to maybe have that thing written in your Bible or, or better yet in your mind and in your heart. Why doesn't, you know, sometimes I wonder, why doesn't God just show me the whole thing at one time? You know, if he just give me the whole picture, then I'd have a, a good idea. You know, he, he, he never does that. Like he always shows these pieces one step at a time. So I, I wonder, you know, why does he do that? You know, I, I guess one thing is that if he showed me the whole thing, I might not do it. <laughs> right? If I saw exactly what he had in mind, maybe I, maybe I wouldn't be as, as obedient. I certainly wouldn't need him anymore, right? So February 1, just give me the whole month of February. Well, why go to church? Why pray? I got it. Here, here it is. And I, and I decide, no, he doesn't want, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to instruct you in the way. So he's not talking about like a destination. He's talking about part, the journey uh, that we're on as he's making us uh, into who he wants us to be. So he wants us to, to put our trust in him. You know, I was, uh, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about a bunch of different uh, Old Testament uh, perspectives about this. Like uh, there's a guy in the Old Testament called Abraham. And Abraham is kind of like the father of faith uh, for us. And so when, when God was going to call Abraham, uh, he began to speak to him. And he said things like uh, Genesis 12, 1 and 2. Uh, Abraham, leave your country, your family, your relatives, and go to the land I will show you. I will bless you, and I will make your descendants into a great nation. So right from the top, even the guy that was the father of faith didn't get the whole map. He didn't get the whole story. 
He says, I'm going to show you where to go. So I want you to get your stuff together and head out in obedience uh, to me. And so he asked him to, um, to put his trust in him. I will give you this land. Uh, he wanted him uh, to respond to him. Uh, we, we, see, we hear other examples. Again, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, uh, in the Old Testament, we hear about them. And we notice that God had made promises to them. But guess what? They got impatient in waiting on God. I, that's that other church down the road that does that. None of us, you know, would be like that. But that we recognize that when God gives us something, sometimes even when we know what he wants us to do, we can get impatient and waiting. Uh, you, remember, you might remember that story. Like they were told they were going to have a baby. She couldn't get pregnant. So she went out and had her servant girl uh, to get have relationship with Abraham. And they would kind of take a shortcut and they would help God out. Oh, always a bad idea, right? Uh, trying to help, help God out. Um, we, we see it in uh, the Old Testament with this, uh, this story of Jonah. Uh, you remember Jonah? He was the one that uh, God told him what he wanted him to do. He wanted him to go to this, this uh, area of Nineveh and to preach and that people were going to come to know God. And he didn't want to do that. And he ends up in the belly of a whale, right? Uh, we, we see that, that he, he knew what God wanted him to do, but he didn't respond well. So the, what, what Jesus teaches us here is that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So he wants us to be people of faith that put our trust completely in him. He also says, we live by faith, not by sight. So guidance from God is not on the basis of, have I got this all figured out? Guidance from God is on the basis of faith every time over and over throughout your life. And certainly today and this whole month, right? It's going to take vision from you that is by faith in him. One other verse in this idea, the path of righteousness is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the full light of day. What that verse tells you is, I'm not going to get it all at once, but God's will and God's guidance is like the beginning gleam of the morning. So he's going to begin to give us, uh, man, that, that helps, doesn't it? Maybe, maybe you think, well, it really doesn't help. Yes, it helps if you know that's how God is going to reveal. That's how God is going to guide you. He loves you so much that he's going to continue to reveal to you every day what he desires in your life. God is a God of guidance. He wants you to know what he's up to. So he, uh, we, we see all this unfolding uh, for us in the scripture. Now, one other example is in Psalm 77. Now, this story is not in Psalm 77. It's in uh, the book of Exodus. But he says, your road led through the Red Sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one else, uh, no one knew was there. Well, you know what he's talking about. Um, again, I'm giving you some of these Old Testament examples of that. Remember the story of the, the people of God being led out of bondage and slavery? It happens in the book of Exodus, uh, second book in the Old Testament. And the story is that God led them to freedom through the Red Sea. And so he says to them that he, 
He wants them to know that the road, isn't that interesting? The road led through the Red Sea. Uh, he says, oh, the NIV translation of this says, your footprints were, were unseen, talking about God's footprint. So he had an obstacle, they had an obstacle, a rugged place, a difficulty, and God says, I have a pathway even though you can't see it. Amen, right? Guidance says, I have a pathway, I have footprints that you can follow even though you, you can't see it. Your pathway led through the sea. So it's, it's realizing that we make decisions, there are going to be obstacles in our way, but we're not going back to slavery. We're not going back to that sinful lifestyle. We're not going back to something that was against God. We're going to continue to walk forward and take the next step. You know, several times God tells the people, go ahead and take the step. I know you can't see it. I'm pretty sure you think you're going to drown in the Red Sea, but take the next step, and God begins to work. So, our question is, Jesus, how do you guide me? How do you guide me? First answer from Jesus, I will guide you by the Holy Spirit. I will guide you by the Holy Spirit. So what we're doing right now is we're understanding those lights on the side of the runway. What do they look like? What are we looking for that can help us be guided by the, the Spirit of God? I will guide you by my Holy Spirit. So I'm going to give you five different perspectives. And so, you know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, this little Jewish man does not take up residence inside of you. When you become a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you. We believe in the Trinity, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are, they are the same in mission and in purpose, yet they have different purposes. Uh, and the Holy Spirit indwells us. You know, the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father praying for you. But the Holy Spirit... What you felt when they were singing this morning in worship, that was the Holy Spirit. He's present in this place, and as a believer, he takes up residence inside of you. Do you believe that? that that's our relationship uh, with him. So when you open your life to Jesus, you are instantly given somebody that will help you, that will guide you. Psalm 143.10 says, teach me. To do your will. For you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. It's the spirit that leads us. It's the Holy Spirit uh, that leads us. Jesus said himself in John 16. When he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. This is so exciting, isn't it? Jesus says he came, he walked among us, he gave his life. He says, I'm going back to the Father, but I'm going to send him the Spirit. Now, he didn't create the Holy Spirit right then. The Holy Spirit has been around since all, all, for all time, just like Jesus. But he said, now this one who knows me is going to live in you and is going to make known to you the things that I need for you to know. He's going to take this role uh, in your life. 
Um, he reminds us uh, of his challenge to us. I didn't print out 1 Corinthians 2. It's a quite a bit longer scripture. Uh, Paul says, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have received the Spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. But we have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for putting your Spirit in us so that we can know what we need to know, so that we can be guided by you. Jesus is not walking here anymore, but it's better for us that he doesn't because then we, you would have to make an appointment, I guess, and try to get to Jesus. You don't have to make an appointment. You can meet with him through his Holy Spirit every moment. Like he's here right now. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're seeking guidance for, the Holy Spirit is here to reveal so that you can land right in the center of God's will. Man, that's beautiful. Secondly, how, how, how are you going to lead us, Jesus? How, how do we find guidance? I will guide you by my holy word. By my holy word. So, God gives us uh, a second way that we can know. I mean, if you want to know something about what God thinks about it, we should look for it in the Bible, right? He has given us this written word. You know, the will of God is in the word of God. The will of God, could we just say that out loud? I'll say it again. The will of God is in the word of God. Ready? The will of God is in the word of God. Man, that's a powerful principle for you to, to, you to receive because God has given us uh, the Bible. Now, let's talk a little bit about it. The Bible is not a map. The Bible is not a map. What I mean by that is that you're not going to open your Bible and find step-by-step -step instructions about what you should do in February. You're not going to find that. The Bible is like a compass. The Bible is a compass that is showing you the direction that God wants you to go. So he's giving you uh, help and inspiration or a direction about the truth, you know, where, I, where you can say, you know, my thoughts, my doubts, my fears, my ideas, my dreams, how do they line up? with uh, what God is teaching us. How do I line up with the word of God? Do you know that God will never tell you to do something that is contrary to the word of God, what is already written there? A few days ago, um, I'm not going to tell you the whole situation, but this, this, I heard about this guy. I know him very well. And so he says, I prayed about it, and God wants me to leave my wife. I was like, you ever get instant angry? <laughs> like just instantly upset about that because, you know, he used to be in ministry and he used to, you know, do a lot of things to, to help other people, you know, um, and, and now he has drifted so far. Like there's no, there's no unfaithfulness. There's nothing wrong. He just doesn't want to be there anymore. He previously asked his wife, could he have a six-month hiatus from their marriage? Well, you, you know how, what she, you know, you can envision that, what she said. She loves him. She's working on their marriage. And so he tells me, I prayed about it, and I'm, and I'm leaving. 
absolute baloney. No way in this world. Um, you, know, you know why he said all that? Totally selfish. Totally wanting his own way. Totally wanting to try to find some affirmation for himself about what he wanted to do. God did not tell him to leave his wife, right? We agree on that? See, but you got to watch it. I got to watch it because it's so easy for me to drift there and to feel like I can kind of convince myself that God wants me. But if, but if God has clearly proclaimed it in his word, the will of God is in the word of God. So that's one of the ways uh, that he can challenge us. God is not going to violate uh, that uh, in us. So he reminds us about the word of God. Now, there, he says several things about that. Uh, one is, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So, you know, opening the, opening the Bible is like turning on the light in a very dark room. It reveals things that are, that are hidden to us. Notice this. Uh, the word says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Uh, so there's another way of re realizing that God is wanting to reveal. God is wanting to give you guidance. I hope that you get that more than anything else in this service this morning. God wants to give you guidance. He put his spirit inside of you. He allowed you to have his word. Now, number three. Number three is, Jesus says, I'm going to have problems here, aren't I? He says, God wants us to know that he will guide us through my people. Through my people. The word encourages us that he wants to work through the people around us. It's why we go to church, right? It's why we uh, help one another in needs. It's why we show up in small groups and we talk about things. Uh, so we're reminded that God wants uh, to help us. Look at these words. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. You know, we don't, guidance is not a solo act. It's not something that we do on our own. We get help and guidance uh, from each other. You know, I notice when people are about to make a bad decision, they usually don't come talk to me. They don't come talk to you. Because a lot of times when you already decided you're going to do something and in your spirit you know it's the wrong thing, you know what you do? Isolate. Isolate. I'm not going to church today because I know the Spirit will talk to me about. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to tell. Um, you know, we have people all the time that say, um, I'm not going to tell them about that. Makes me so irritated. Like, why won't you tell us that something is happening? Because you don't want guidance from God. Because guidance from God will come through people in your life. You know, one of your jobs in the job description as a believer is to recognize that you have the opportunity to encourage some people in your life. To say to them, you know, when they're talking to you, maybe they're looking for your advice. Don't just nod your head and act like you don't want to tell them the truth. Tell the truth. Love them with the truth. Speak the truth in love. Because people, God uses you as a tool of guidance to help other people. 
when you know the word, when you know what God's expectation is. That's a, a, a directional opportunity that we have to encourage others. God uses us to guide each other, to guide uh, one another. There's, a, there's another one, number four. Oh, wait a minute, I'll give you a couple other scriptures. I forgot these. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, Mark, uh, that's why we have man church in it. That we're trying to, to support and encourage each other. That's why you need to have friends that are believers. You can't have all unbelieving friends. Now, you should have some unbelieving friends because you want them to come to know Christ. But you can't make your decisions on the basis of what unbelievers are telling you. Amen? Amen. You, got, you got to have some people in your life that will tell you the truth, that will sharpen you. One more. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Again, your Christian job description is that you have the opportunity to encourage some other uh, believers in their walk with God. Now, number four. I will guide you, this is Jesus speaking to me, I will guide you through your circumstances. I will guide you through your circumstances. You know, I'm in church a small percentage of the time in my life. I'm praying a certain percentage of time in my life. You know what? I'm, I'm dealing with circumstances like 24-7, right? All the time things that are happening in our life. And so sometimes God uses those circumstances in our life. Uh, I remember uh, the story in the Old Testament of Gideon. Remember uh, that, that story? Maybe you're not familiar with it, but Gideon was like a, a judge, a prophet of God. And so he's struggling to know what to do about something in his life. And it's amazing that he tells God, I'm going to lay this blanket uh, the Bible user calls it a fleece, but it's just like a blanket. He said, I'm going to lay this blanket on the ground, and in the morning, I want the blanket wet and the ground dry, and I'll know that, that you're giving me confirmation about what you want me to do. It happened. <laughs> you believe that? The blanket's wet, and the ground is dry. Oh, Gideon, that wasn't enough. He said, okay, I see that, I see that. He's, he's just like you. You know, I see it. Just, just one more time. God, just have one. Look, tomorrow morning, the ground is all wet and the blanket is dry, all right? That, that'll, really, that'll make sure that I, that I really get it. It happened. You know, I noticed that God didn't get on him. I, I, I would have, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? You're a prophet of God. But God said, in some circumstances, it's okay to look for confirmation. It's okay to look for a sign. I mean, how could you preach the word and not, not say that that is... In, I think it's, it's, it's a weaker area because God wants me to be a person of faith, not just a wet blanket, right? But sometimes God uses these circumstances in my life. He's in charge of my circumstances. I believe that, don't you? But circumstances are weird, though, because other people get to decide what they want to do, too. So it's not always clear cut. But God uses, one, uses that as another way uh, to remind us that he wants to lead us. Um, I'm so thankful that God works through the circumstances. God uses those circumstances as nudges 
to, to get us thinking about what he's saying, to bring confirmation uh, to us. Um, he says, the scripture says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God uses uh, circumstances around us uh, to help us get clarified. Now, there's, there's one more. Uh, Jesus says, and thank you, Jesus, for all of these. Thank you for being so willing to guide us. He says, I will guide you by my still, small voice. Um, this is talked about in Scripture. Uh, maybe you've heard of that. God uses a still, small voice. It was the story of Elijah. He was a prophet. He had had great and mighty things that had happened in his life, but then he's feeling tired and he's frustrated and he goes hiding out and he hides out in a cave all night and the Lord speaks to him and he says something that maybe he says to you sometimes. What are you doing over there? He ever say that to you? Like, what are you doing? He's been blessing, he's been encouraging your life, and yet here you are, maybe in a place of isolation like him. And so God is saying to Elijah, he says, I want you to, to listen to my voice. And so the Lord begins uh, to show him some things. So he goes out on the mountain and he, uh, Elijah is not responding to him. He says, Lord, I'm in a bad place. People are out to kill me. Nobody's wanting to follow you. Uh, th this is just really difficult. I, I noticed that even though Elijah was panicking, God didn't panic. I mean, know this. You're, you're, you're to write this down. Know this. God is never in a panic. God is never in a panic. He knows exactly what's happening. I mean, people talk about people freaking out. God never freaks out. Um, you know, he always knows what's going on. And so he wants us to hear his voice and to know that he is guiding us. He does not want you hiding away in a cave because you're afraid of what's going to happen. So here's what happened to Elijah. Uh, the scripture says, that he was going to help him understand that so that he went out and he showed him great and mighty things uh, like the wind was blowing, but the Bible says God was not in the wind. And then there was an earthquake and God was not in the earthquake, but it says that God spoke to him in a still, small voice. Isaiah thirty twenty one describes it. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know, it doesn't say he's out in front of you saying, hey, come on, get over here. Nope, it says he's right behind you in a still small voice saying, this is the way. Keep walking in it. I have direction and guidance for you. This is the voice of God. This is the way. Walk in it. God wants to give you guidance. God wants to give you direction and enablement in his life. Uh, the very last verse says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It doesn't say in some ways, acknowledge him. Maybe sometimes you want guidance in some areas, but you don't want guidance in others. God, I need a job. I need you to guide me in this job. Just don't mess with me about my relationships with my girlfriend. 
Just don't bother me about this area of my life. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your destination. Oh, no, that's not what it said. doesn't say he's going to just lead you somewhere. He's going to direct your paths, paths. There's going to be multiple paths along the way. We're going to close in two different ways. I want you to uh, receive his guidance. He's using his still small voice, circumstances, his, his word, the Holy Spirit, the people of God around you to help you land exactly where he wants you to be. So we're going to pray a prayer, and then we're going to um, take communion together. So it's sort of like, let's ask him for guidance, and then let's confirm it through eating together at his table because he wants to give you guidance. So we're going to have a prayer. Here's what I'd like you to do. If you are in this room and you are seeking specific guidance from God, like this whole time I've been talking, you've been listening to Jesus, and he is giving you uh, this information that he wants to be your God. He wants to show you what he has for your life. He wants to at least give you guidance about the next step. Maybe that means you need to recognize his spirit in you or hear his word that we've been looking at today. Maybe you need to talk to somebody about that or look at the, the nudge. You know what it feels like? Guidance from God feels like a nudge. Would you agree with that? It's like an internal nudge that I know he's up to something. And I didn't have that idea before, but I have that idea now. It's like this internal thing that's going on. So the Holy Spirit's inside of me, and he's working on me and coordinating all these things, and he's nudging me toward the things that God desires. I think that's what it feels like to just be kind of just nudged a little. He's not slapping you upside the head. I know some of y'all say that sometimes. I don't see much of that. I do feel that nudge that he offers to us. So today, if you would say, um, I'm seeking something specific in God's guidance today, uh, I just want you to stand up where you are for this prayer. I'm just seeking, I'm seeking God's guidance and I just want to stand, just stand up where you are. No pressure, nobody's coming to you. Nobody's going to put pressure on you at the balcony. I got specific guidance that I, that I need from God. All right, here's, here's the deal. You know, most of the time to, to get guidance, I, 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 I got to get quiet enough to hear it. I got to know that he wants to give it to me. And then I have this expectation that God is going to guide me. Do you believe, you don't have to answer it out loud, do you believe that he would answer this, this thing that you're dealing with? Maybe you've been dealing with it for a long time. Maybe it's just something that you bring into church with you every time. Or maybe it's just happened. It's just now going on. And I really need God to speak to me. Do you believe he'd do that? If you just nod your head, if you're standing up, just that you believe that? Let's pray and ask him. Jesus, it's one-on-one with you today. And we've been talking about and trying to understand how 
you would guide me, how you would guide every person. Those standing here, uh, maybe there's some people standing at home or wherever they're watching online right now. If you're not, stand up. Lord, we need your guidance. The scripture is overwhelmingly clear that you are not in heaven watching us and hoping that we sometimes get it right. That's not what you say. You're right here. As believers, you're indwelling us and you have a word for us and you want to work through our circumstances and you want to confirm and you want to use people around us and use services like this and this prayer time. So today, Lord, we are praying strongly and boldly for your guidance. We are thinking about very specific situations. We need to know what to do, Lord. We need to know what to say or what step to take or what answer to give. Lord, we want to tell you today, we stood up today because we are willing, so willing to do what you ask us to do, how you guide us. So Lord, show us the lights on the runway so that we can land right in the center of your will. And Lord, not only teach us, guide us now, but show us how to be guided by Jesus day after day after day. Today we celebrate you, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the mighty hand of God would be revealed by showing these men and women that stood up today that you would give them guidance. Lord, I believe that you could give guidance right now to some planting ideas, helping them to realize all the ways that you've been confirming the decision that they need to make. Or maybe through the afternoon into this week that you will use all of these different ways to reveal your good will and purposes for us. We thank you in advance for the guidance that you are giving to us right now. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'd be seated, some ladies and gentlemen are coming uh, this morning. Some married couples, uh, Cheryl and John, are going to serve the table for us. And we're going to distribute uh, communion for us to have a chance to uh, confirm uh, today. So while we're preparing, I hope that you would think about... God's guidance to you. While they're passing these out, I was going to tell you about this table up here today. Um, this, this table uh, sits in, in our well, and on, on it, it says, his eye is on the sparrow. 
that, that, that's what's kind of barely printed there. You can see Sparrow really good right there. Um, this table was painted uh, by my daughter, Hope. Uh, and so uh, as I've been preaching today, I was thinking about, about that. Uh, we're going to pray for these elements, and then we're going to serve us, and I'll just talk to you a little more about this. About this. Lord Jesus, thank you for these elements. We, we are changed today because we know that you're, you're right behind us, just whispering to us, this is the way. This is what I have in store for you. So today as we take these elements, the bread and the juice, we do it in remembrance that Jesus Christ not only gave his life for us, but is right here with us today, willing to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you serve. The song says, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches that. He tells us that he's aware of every sparrow. Now, why would he use sparrow? Because it's the tiniest little, homeliest little bird there is, right? A sparrow. And the Almighty God knows when one of those falls, he knows all about them. See, the implication is, if he cares about that little part of his creation, how much does he care about you? How does he desire to be a part of your life? His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Another verse says, let not your heart be troubled. His tender word I hear. And resting on his goodness, I lose my doubts and fears. Though the path that he leads, one step at a time, I see his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let's just be quiet for a moment as we finish serving. Would you think about how, how you would let him guide you? I don't, I don't know what your experience has been, but maybe he wants to guide you in some very specific ways. He's so willing.
You feel him here, don't you? He's in the room for you today. Don't miss him. Thank you, friends, for serving us. everything that you are praying about, struggling about, needs that you have. He loves the sparrow, but he loves you so much. Let's stand together. Something so beautiful about being quiet for a few moments and listening for his guidance. Let, let's be changed today. Let's, let's let him carry and guide us in these weighty things that are heavy on us or Maybe just something that's so personal. Jesus proved it. He proved it. He went to a cross. He gave his life. He took all the suffering and the pain and the brokenness of his body. He took it upon himself to say, I'm the real deal. All these things that we've talked about, I paid the price. This is for real. And so we eat this bread as confirmation, confirmation that God loves me, that God loves you, and that he wants to be your guide. This bread we eat in remembrance that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. This juice represents the blood of Jesus that was shed on our behalf. I don't know if you believe all these scriptures. You should. 
I, I, I don't know what you think about circumstances and all those different things, but if you can't trust anything else, trust this. He knew you when he gave himself and he poured out his blood so that you could be saved. And then he was willingly, willingly wanting to walk with you throughout your life. You won't leave one single breath without God watching over you or caring for you. We drink this juice in remembrance that Jesus Christ gave himself for us and we do it with great gratitude and thankfulness. Let's drink together. Jesus, what an amazing day with you. We pray that you would take the things that we've been thinking about. Lord, my prayer was that while I was simulating kind of a conversation with you up here, that you'd be talking to every one of us. And I thank you for doing that. You're an amazing God. You're an amazing Savior. You're an incredible friend. And you walk by our side. Thank you for guidance. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Have a magnificent day.